Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Tradies, a podcast brought to you from myself, host Monique Dralovac, bricklayer and owner of mjbricklaying.co. I have created this podcast to motivate, inspire and educate, bring you to a choice of topics from inside the construction industry, women in trades, mental health and wellness, along with a bit of fun. The following podcast has been recorded at Tradie HQ. Hello everyone and welcome back and welcome to the year of 2024. You guys, it's a brand new year. I hope that everyone had such a good Christmas and New Year's and I hope that everyone has their New Year's goals or if you're a lot like me who doesn't actually do New Year's goals because you're much more of a regular goal setter, then I hope that you're really trying to find ways to implement them into your routine and always be consistent. So guys, today's episode is a little bit more of a long one. I have joining with me, Leon and Matt from Mates in Construction. For those of you who don't already know who Mates in Construction are, Mates is a charity that was established in 2008 to help reduce the high level of suicide among Australian construction workers. Mates provides suicide prevention through the community programs on site and supports workers who need them with the helpline 24-7. Mates are serving the industry in Queensland, the Northern Territory, New South Wales, South Australia and Western Australia. They also are in the energy industry in Queensland and New South Wales and nationally to the mining industry. Working for the construction industry in general, MACE is an independent of employers and unions and never work directly with an employer. This meaning that if they come onto your site and you want to talk to them, they won't go back and tell the high level of employment your issues and it is private and confidential. So in saying this guys, let's jump into the episode. Today, guys, I have with me Josh and Leon from Mates in Construction. Now, do you boys want to tell us a little bit about what Mates in Construction is for anyone that's in the residential building industry who doesn't already know? Yeah, for sure. I'll let Leon kick off with the residential side of things. Yeah, beauty, and then you can go into the... Yeah, the for, for sure. Before, I suppose, uh, Leon kicks off, and I know you'll probably put a bit of a notice at this before you send it out to the world, but, yeah, like I know that working with Mates in Construction, we are a suicide prevention industry charity, so... In this podcast, guaranteed, we are going to be talking about suicide. So just for all your listeners as well, if anything in this podcast does get brought up for you and you are struggling with anything, that Mates does have that one three hundred six four two triple one number, which is 24-7-365. I'm sure we'll touch base on it later on about what it looks like when you call it. But, yeah, just for all the listeners at home, if anyone is struggling, it does bring something up for you. that yeah, You do have a number that you are going to be supported by. So, Leon? Cool. And just to add to that, if somebody's listening and they're not part of the construction industry, this will still be applicable to them. They can touch base with that mate's helpline, so across the board there. Um, all right, so how it works in the residential space, what it's like working... Can you spin the microphone a bit closer? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. What it's like working there, it's, it's been new because they haven't been used to that. A lot of people, yourself, you know what it's like out on those residential slabs. You don't get a lot of visitors. So it has been... Uh, Pretty, pretty interesting going out there and giving people, I get to give them cans of drinks, say hello, raise awareness around suicide and the different signs. Uh, so it's been it's been really well welcomed. Uh, only a few times I've had people that aren't very interested, but no one's been rude. But basically we just go out there and uh, explain that there is a support service there for people and run them through what the mates program looks like. So getting that 1300 number out there, encouraging them to lean on support. And sometimes we do head out there and actually find people that are struggling and, and going through thoughts of suicide. And it's fantastic because with the training that we have through mates, we can offer that support and do suicide interventions on site in the residential space. So that's been brilliant. Um, it's only been running for 
two years now, roughly, the residential stuff. So that's been uh, building and building. But to date, we've trained 2,000 people in the residential space and the apprentice space. And, yeah, once again, linking people into support through different places. You've got, like, your HIA. Um, they've engaged with us now and started linking people in. ABN Group have been pretty into it as well. And then uh, BGC, so some pretty decent-sized players embracing the, the program and that's literally what it takes to start linking people in to help. Yeah. So, yeah. So Amazing Construction is actually an Australian-wide brand. Is it in New Zealand as well or just in Australia? Yeah, no, so it's uh, Australia-wide. The only states that we're not in is Victoria and Tasmania, but we can still provide support for people that are in those states. And, yeah, we are in the north and south island of NZ now as well, which is incredible. So... Yeah, there's obviously a lot of people that come to Western Australia specifically for the mining industry that yeah. are you know, from different states or they are from NZ. So we have this amazing ability to be able to support them and their family members if they are back home in NZ or from another state as well. Oh, yeah. So you actually counteract, I guess, and support people in New Zealand as well. 100%. From yeah, yeah. yeah. And awesome. you can link them into support if they've got a family member that's actually really struggling or going through even minor difficulties at home. And they're like, well, I don't know what to do because I'm all the way over here in Perth, Western Australia. It's like, you know what? Like, that's fine because we can actually hook that person up with the case Mm. management team from New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Mm. So you guys are – so the residential was – has only been around for six months, did you say? Uh, A couple of years in the residential space. In Perth? Yep. Okay. And currently the other states aren't running the residential stuff, so we're hopefully going to get it to the point where it can be implemented in the other states as well. So they have had a little bit of a – a play with it in Queensland, but not at the moment. So, yeah, it's pretty cool that WA is having that, you know, extra step forward in the resi space. Yeah. Yeah. So, Leon, you're the only one that's out on site for the residential. How do yeah. you go with that? Yeah, no, no pressure, mate. No pressure. <laughs> so, yeah, the whole <laughs> WA resi space, here we are. So, look, uh, it, it can be challenging sometimes when you are constantly meeting new people to explain what we do. Uh, it can be a little bit draining, but that's where... The team in WA are really good because I mix between doing the resi stuff, you know, a couple of days a week and then spending some time on the commercial sites and doing the the, the places that have already got a good relationship with us and doing the training, uh, which is a big part of what we do. So we do a, a one-hour session, a four-hour session and a two-day course, so like different levels of suicide intervention training. So it's not about us being the, the main supports. It's actually about everyone in the industry having the skills and being able to build that support network there. So I think that's that's what's actually so cool about it is it's not just us doing all the work, which is why we do sustain people in this role because, Josh, how long have you been in it for now? Going along drinking, mate. It was a dick <laughs> move. Uh, <laughs> just on four years. Four years at the start of this month. Yep. Mm. So, Josh, what's, it, what's your background as well? Uh, look, my background, I've always been in construction. So I left school at the end of year 10, so age of 15, and I jumped into a factory job and I was in that for a few years and then straight into construction. So I did everything from, you know, labouring to above ground power to below ground power, which I've said this in heaps of my training sessions, is just a glorified way of saying I dug a shitload of holes. <laughs> and then I was a scaffolder for 11 years in the commercial space and did a bit of fly and fly out work too. Yeah. And then... Yeah, I ended up uh, working for Mason Construction after a few things fell into place. And so what drove you to get into this industry? Into Mason Mason Construction? Construction, yeah. Yeah, look, the construction industry is hard, you know, physically and mentally. Mm -hmm. And 
I won't go into the full background of myself, but not having all the skills to deal with some of the challenges that you face in life in general and some of the stuff that you will face within the construction industry. I was going through that process and I got sick of going aside and I'm a pretty happy guy and I'm a pretty positive outlook on things and I got sick of going aside every day, every day and people having the exact same attitude. I'll be like, oh, look, how's work? And everyone's like, this job's fucking shit. Oh, this yeah. sucks. You know, this industry's going to shit. This is bad. This is bad. This is bad. And eventually that started wearing me down. I got myself into a really bad place where I was like, oh, I did not want to be at work. I didn't want mm. to be there. I hated my job. I hated the role. I was like, this fucking sucks. Like, why do I want to be here when nobody else wants to be here? Yeah. So I started asking people, I was like, is that really how you feel? Like, do you hate this industry that much? And people like, if I could walk out of this industry and get a job that paid me the same, I'd do it tomorrow. And I was like, wow. And that started really grinding me down. So I decided, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't want to be in this industry. So I decided to make a change and started studying community services at TAFE. And just while I was doing that, by nature of knowing some people from mates in construction, engaging with mates and doing some of their courses, the Connector course has a four-hour session, I got pretty friendly with some of the mate staff and a position became available and they actually approached a lot of people from the industry who they thought might be a good fit for that position. I was one of those people. Mm. I applied for the role and I was really fortunate that they gave me the job and that's how I ended up working for Mates in Construction and it fit perfectly because I was still in the industry so I was still working in construction with all the things that I love about construction and the people. Like my best mates have all met through work. So I've still got to be a part of that industry and I still get to be a part of that industry. But now I get to be the person that helps people that are in the industry who might have felt like me to be like, no, nah, do you know what? Mm. Like there is something you can do about this and it could be something minor that maybe they've lost passion for the industry or it could be something major that they've gone through huge life issues and thinking about con- you know, considering taking their life. And I can go out there now and you know deliver these training sessions and give people the skills and it sounds a bit corny, but you know, empower people to be like, oh, do you know what? Like there is people out there that give a shit. There is mm. people from this industry and from this background that can put their hand up and say, no, nah, there is something we can do about this. Yeah. <laughs> and it does. I think the construction industry or, yeah, well, the construction industry in general, it does get quite lonely quite quick as well. Like even myself going from like a big team to like working just for myself now, yep. I notice how lonely it gets. And I do struggle to go to work half the time because it gets lonely. Mm. And then I have been with other teams as well that everyone's so miserable and they don't want to be there. So then I'm like, oh, why the fuck am I a rookie? Yes. <laughs> like, it's, you it's know. It's a horrible thought process it's to crazy go again. how different every day is. And it's like, yeah, the old metaphor is like you got a piece of you know, mouldy fruit in the bowl and it just spreads out to everyone else. It's like you have that person in the group or on site that is mm. just continuously negative yep. and that shit can spread yeah, around. It does. It really does. You, know, you pull up to work at like 5.30 in the morning, you're sitting in your car looking at the people you're working with being like, I don't want to be here. Mm. I don't want to get out of the car. That is a horrible, horrible feeling and a mm. horrible place to be in. And then you're out there for 10, 12 hours a day working thinking, why am I doing this? Yeah. Like that's a really challenging place yeah. to be in. And yeah, the fact that and I suppose more in the resi space and Liam could probably talk more to this, but imagine having that mindset and being in that position like why am I doing this no one gives a shit you know there's no way out for me and then someone like Leon rocks up to site and says hey like this is who we are this is who we work for if you need to have a yarn or if you need something there is actually some free confidential support there's a number that you can call I can link you in that support I can be in your corner and all of a sudden it's like oh do you know what like maybe it's not as bad as I thought there is people out there that do give a shit about me or people that have a positive spin on life or, or about the industry. Yeah. That's massive, I think, with the residential space and that loneliness because some of the appreciation you see on people's faces when in the resi space I get to turn up with an esky and full of cold drinks 
And the other day just gave a plumber a bottle of water and said, G'day, and like a 10-minute chat. And like it was like Christmas. Like he couldn't believe that someone just rocked up on a hot day, chucked him a bottle of water and, you know, just explained a, there's a support service. And that's, yeah, I think that's pretty pretty powerful for people when they're when they're out there grinding and we all know what it's like if you are working solo even on a big site when you're working on your own you're alone with your own thoughts and if you've got a lot going on you know having somewhere you can go is I think essential yeah. for these people and that's the hard part in the resi space people are so spread out and that's our challenge is to link that up so what I've been trying to do when I do the training is get people to put the stickers that we give out to people on their cars to it's just like a, a bit of a brainstorm at the moment, but an idea of creating some sort of unity in that resi space. So my kind of utopia or, or like vision is to have a point where someone can drive along in a resi, you know, lot when you've got heaps of building going on, see like a mate's connector or mate's assist or even our little general awareness stickers, just see one of the brand stickers and realise that that person has skills and someone that could potentially have that conversation. So people, doesn't matter what builder you work for, what company you work for, they know that these skills are there and these people are there to, to support each other, which I don't think is too lofty. I reckon that with a bit of traction it will take off, but that's the bridge we need to cross, yeah. you know. I think it's like anything that people aren't familiar with, it, it takes a while to build, but then once people start becoming aware, then they'll be more open to it. Hmm. But one thing I wanted to ask, before I forget as well, um, how do you go, I'm going to ask you, because um, how do you go when people, so you're going to go to a six-man team, you're going to yep. go up to site, one of them is so unhappy in his life, the others are like, oh, no, piss off, we don't want to hear about you. <laughs> hear about you. How do you deal with that and how do you actually attract that one person that really is wanting the help that might not ask you because they're too embarrassed in front of the worksite people? So one thing we do is go through some skills for the signs of suicide when we are out on site. After that session, which people don't really know that they're going through, after that training is complete, I ask them to fill out a form. So most of the time people are happy to fill out the form because it is part of keeping this job alive and that they, they are appreciative, even if it is just for that bottle of water. So get them to fill out that form. If you've got a six-man team and there's everyone filling out that form, there's a little box you can tick on the back of that form to get people into support. So it's just a callback box. So something just as simple as that, you can anonymously ask for help. No one has to be uh, standing up in front of their, their workmates and saying, yeah, I wouldn't mind some help. They can tick that box or even leave it blank. We've still got to call you if, if it gets left blank and then that can get people into support. And that's literally happened on site with like a young, fit, strong-looking bricklayer actually. And no one would have picked it in that moment. He seemed so like everything was cool. Uh, but that callback came back later and had a whole pile of stuff happening and we linked them into our case management and got some support so that's probably the coolest thing is how anonymous it can be and it is confidential anything that comes through us it's not going to get spread back to your workmates or your or your boss so it is that privacy mm. there as well which is very important not we want people to open up but not everyone wants to open up in front of you know their workmates yeah and i guess one thing that you want to um bring awareness to when you're out on site as well is letting them know that this isn't from the boss. This is like literally your own personal, like you're your own company. You're not going there because the boss asked you to be there. That's a huge part of one of the positives of mating construction because we are complete, we are in the middle. So we support everyone in the industry, you know, regardless of who it is, where they're from. And we are a third party. We are very 
independent. So mm. we, we don't yeah. answer to anybody in that respect. So having us come in with that third party, sort of like you said, you're not affiliated with the boss, you're not affiliated with this person or that person. It's like they are independent. They are there to support us. Yep. So it's very much this mating instruction belongs to the industry and the people in the industry as well. Mm. So another thing is you guys are open to men and women as well? Everyone. Is it, we yeah. just, it, I never used to understand what inclusivity was and started when I started working for mates in instruction, I really started to understand what that meant and this is men, women, everyone in between. Mm. It doesn't matter what your background is. If you talk culture, if you talk religion, gender, sexuality, none of that matters. We're not there to judge people. We are there to support people that are having a hard time. Like yeah. it's... Yeah, regardless of your background, where you're from, you could be super rich, have you know, come from a low-income low, low income family, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Like we are inclusive across the board. Mm. It's there for everyone to use. So what are some reoccurring issues that you guys find in the industry that bring up a lot of concern? Do you know what? That's We've read that question before and it's the you have the main ones which would probably be obvious for a lot of people, like finances, you know, relationship break, breakdowns, job security. But... It's, it's everything. It's across the board. Like they, they are the big ones, especially finances and relationship breakdowns. They're the two main ones that came through to our case management service. But I like personally couldn't put my finger on necessarily like anything that's like specific issues. It's these big things or it could be this combination of all these little things that stack up. Yeah. And it, it depends on the individual as well. You know what I mean? Because you could have someone that's going through the exact same thing as a person next to them and it doesn't even touch the sides. You know, they're getting along with it fine like because they have that thing, you know, resilience or whatever happens mm-hmm. to be. They're in a good uh, headspace at that time. But one thing could happen to the person next to them and it could be the most challenging thing that that person's ever been through. So I think it's important for the people listening to, to understand that we need to stop looking at other people and be like, oh, well, they're doing that and they're handling it fine, so I need to be doing that and I need to be handling it fine because it is an individual thing and it's one of the things that we're out there and part of the training and I'm assuming a bit later on we'll go into what those the, the training that we actually deliver consists of because we're banging on about already like the training, the training and if people don't know who mates are, they're probably like, what the hell is the, what the, hell is the training, <laughs> Do mate? the training. Yeah, but, it's, so, but yeah, it's again like there's a raft of issues and it's, it's all the things that you would expect, yeah. all the things you would expect and... <clears throat> But I think sometimes working in the you know, construction, mining, energy, manufacturing industry, sometimes these things are a little bit exacerbated because of the extra challenges that come from working within the industry. I think that like a lot of the time, like someone sitting next to me could be dealing with stress of money mm. the same way or like separately to iron. Like say we're both earning the exact same amount, you know, I'm my money mindset is completely different to theirs. Do you know what I mean? So it's the same with everything. So everyone's mindset is so different and you do have to stop comparing yourself to others because that is definitely Mm. where a lot of these problems come from. People, we all do it. Like we all do do it. Oh, I do it all the time. (laughs) Like I used to, when I was a leading hand scaffolder, like I was running a team of people and I was so stressed out and like I said, I'm a pretty happy person. I was like really snappy and I was was short-tempered with the people and I was just, you know, very abrupt Mm. and... I kept asking myself, why am I like, like, why am I doing this? Because one of my best mates who was running another job, I was like, he's fine, like laughing, joking, having a great time, doing the same job. And that made me feel so much worse because I was like, I'm doing something wrong here. I'm not handling something I should be able to handle. When in reality, it's like you can't compare yourself to somebody else. You have to realise what it is that's making you feel like that. And if it's not for you, you know, stepping back for it or if it is something that you can't step back from is 
getting the skills to manage that feeling. Yeah, it's really understanding what it is. 100%. Yeah. And it's pro- again, it's one of those rare things that we don't really talk about that. And again, one of the things that we try and promote is these, the, the open conversations and getting people to feel comfortable realising like, oh, okay, other people are experiencing that as well, but also other people can reach out for support or I can reach out for support. I want to add something to the, yeah. the thing that we're going on about here, especially that support. We're talking about people struggling, going through support, um, suicide prevention. A lot of people, when we say that, get sidetracked and think suicide prevention is just when people have thoughts of suicide. Mm, but yep. something that's really kind of cemented for me recently is suicide prevention could be getting onto your debt problems like way before you've ever thought about suicide. Yep. That's still suicide prevention. Mm. Got like small manageable issues, you can still ring mates in construction for that. So a lot of people will be like, oh, I'm not, I don't need that help because I'm not that bad. And yeah. that's like, that's a big problem yeah. because yeah, that's exactly it's right. that like feeling. And I, I had it because I've been through my own like anger management issues. And with that, like at, at the start, I was like, oh, like I'm not that bad. Like I don't, I don't lash out at other people. And but really I'm battling through it and I'm like kind of beating myself up internally and like it was horrible, but oh, I'm not that bad because other people are worse. And like that's a really dangerous thing because then it like it just builds and builds and that's when those thoughts may pop in. So yeah, just to kind of clarify that suicide prevention is addressing issues at any stage. Could be small, could be at that you know, pointy end as well. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. Everything is suicide yeah. prevention. Everything. Oh, absolutely. Like anything mm. positive is it's yes. suicide prevention. Joining a sports club is yeah. suicide prevention. Having friends, <laughs> talking to a mate, yeah. doing something like this. Like all of it is, is suicide prevention. If it's something that fills your cup and something that's good yeah. for you, like it helps you stay positive and stay in that good, you know, headspace. Mm. And just talking in general just helps so much as well. And like I love that point because it is so true. Like I even know with my own issues with my mental health as well that – you know, five years ago, I'm like, oh, no, I wasn't that bad. But, like, mm. within this last year, I've done so much personal development and I thought it wasn't bad then and it's so bad and it's actually, like, I'm still getting over bits and pieces here and there. But it's crazy how I thought it was nothing then and, like, how big it is now compared to then. And and that's, you know, like, and I'm sure you share that with other people. Like, thanks for sharing that because that's the point of it is people sharing these stories and realising, oh, shit, like, other people are going through that stuff as well. and. Mm. This, again, and I'll circle back to the sort of the training that we do, this is why sometimes we we are teaching people the skills to notice changes in their mates to and then how to respond to these changes. We call them invitations because people are basically inviting you to say, well, ask me why. Like, ask me why I'm withdrawing or ask me why I'm drinking more or ask me why I'm not coming to work. So that person who's going through this stuff, they might think that might be their baseline. Like, and they think, I'm going all right here. Like, I'm, I know I'm struggling but I'm not too bad. And this is when we need their pe- the people around them, their mm. mates on site to be like, hey, look, I've noticed this about you and you've been doing this, this. I'm actually really worried about you yeah, because it makes it real for that person. Like, oh, shit. Like other people are noticing as well and they actually they care. Mm. Maybe I'm not doing as well as I thought or maybe I could do with a little bit of extra support here because if you're not talking to someone about it or if you're not bringing it up with someone, the only person that you're having a conversation with that stuff about is yourself internally. So having a mate pull you up and be like, hey, I'm actually really worried about you, like what's going on here. It can be like a really powerful tool and a, a bit of a game changer of someone going, yeah, do you know what, I'm actually not travelling yeah. too well. Yeah, and it's it's massive when you notice, when people notice, even just for your own comfort, if you if people notice that you're not the same, mm. it 
makes you feel better anyway. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And and people, we've been taught, like, don't stick your nose in other people's business. And we always say this, like, you're not doing it because you're being nosy. You're doing it because you've noticed a change in someone that you care about and you're worried about them. Because That's I think, massive. yeah, and I think on site, like, and I've been guilty of being on the receiving end of this, where someone I'm not doing well, and someone's like, "How are you traveling?" You're like, "Yeah, no, I'm all right." And they're like, "Sure," you're like, "Yeah, no, I'm all good." Like, "Yeah, if you need anything, let me know." And sweet, and they turn around and walk off. Yeah, part of the training is what we're saying to people is be more specific. Like, let that person know why you're asking him that. Mm. Like, not just saying, "Hey, how are you traveling?" It's more like, "Hey, I've actually noticed this, this, and this, and I'm a little bit worried about you." What's going on? Like, can I help you? And then that person's a little bit more inclined to be like, oh, do you know what? Like, I'm actually, yeah, thanks for noticing that. I'm actually am going through this, this and this. So it's it's being about a little bit more specific and letting that person know, like, why? Why are you pulling me up on this? Mm. How do you deal with, um, I guess, the backlash of people, let's just, for example, like on site, like, oh, how are you going? Someone else like, oh, don't stick your nose in other people's business like you mentioned. Mm. How do you go with the backlash of that as in being like, well, I'm not trying to be like nosy. I'm literally just asking them. Let's just say for it's the third party that's mm-hmm. listening. Well, it's been be clear, honest, and just direct. Really be, clear. be clear, honest, mm-hmm. and direct with people, and then situationally as well. So if you've noticed something about someone, you're worried. Maybe not asking in front of a group of people where somebody else can hear. Yeah. Like actually making it serious and be like, hey, like, do you, can I talk to you for a sec? Wait till you're working alone, and then pull that person up. Yes. If you're comfortable right doing up. that way, because. I think as you sort of suggested before, if you're in a six-person team and, you know, someone's like, oh, like I'd love to get support but I don't want to put my hand up, they have the ability to tick that box. Sometimes mm-hmm. people don't have a box in front of them they can tick and the opportunity's been missed. So it would be a situational thing saying, well, it's like let's pull this person to one side and have a one-on-one conversation with them and check in that way so they have the maybe the comfort to open up a little bit more and not yeah. have that fear of like, fuck, oh, old mate's listening in the corner there. I'm not mm. saying anything because I don't want them to judge me or I don't want that person to think that I'm struggling or I can't do this or that I've got you know, some issues going on, whatever it is. Yeah. So to be a situational thing for me. Mm. I mean, what do you mean by backlash? Like what do you think you would, would be the I things think, that might get in the way? Um, like the way you, you mentioned it before, I'm just thinking more like I guess when it comes to because there's so much about like, not getting into like okay, this is more like I guess like podcasts and stuff that I listen to as a girl, but mm. it's a lot about like don't get involved in other people's drama. Like you know you don't need to like stay clear of the drama. It, um, you're a reflection of yourself if you get involved in drama, like all that kind of stuff. But then I guess what I'm trying to say in that sense is if it was more the third party mm. thing, if someone else was to hear you ask like oh hey Jake you're alright like you know you don't seem alright, and then my boss is out there saying. Wait, what the hell are you asking him that for? Stop getting involved in his business. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it is really just taking it away and doing it in private. Yeah, that privacy stuff as well. Mm-hmm. And it depends on the team because some teams are really open, especially the smaller teams. Yeah. If you've got like a good culture in those smaller teams, there's not, nothing's really getting held back. Sometimes I'll go in and, and start talking about what we do and suicide prevention and it, people will just start sharing flat out like in front of their whole crew and there's oh, no yeah. – and that uh, that's cool though. Actually, there's something unique and kind of – uh, probably special about the residential size teams because you yeah. haven't got like, you know, 100 people on that side. You're not trying to like, you know, portray a certain image. People pretty much know each other, mm, you know, in, inside and out in that in that smaller team. Okay, so can you guys tell me a little bit about Mates Helpline? Yeah, for sure. So and the training, I guess we can go into that now as well. Yeah, Joel, I'll, I'll 
I'll talk about the training first, and then yep. I'll talk about the helpline because yep. it all kinds of ties Do in together. Do the training. So, <laughs> yeah, book the training. <laughs> so, the training that Mace offers is it's three different levels of training, and we offer on top of that the mental health first aid training as well. But that's something a little bit different. The three levels of the Mace training. The first one is called the GAT or the General Awareness Training, forty-five minutes to an hour session. It's giving you a lot of stats and figures around suicide across Australia as a whole, and then more specifically within the construction industry. And then in the back half, we go into uh, teaching people how to notice these changes or these invitations in their mates and how to respond to them. And not only how to respond to them, but how to how to help that person access a bit of support and where they can get that support. At the end of the training, people have an option to, one, tick a box. So would you like a follow-up call from a mates and construction field officer like myself or Leon? So if you want extra information, support for yourself, support for a loved one, they just have to tick that box and then we have the contact information where we can give that person a call, private, confidential, and we can offer them support or get them that information. There's another box on there as well that says, would you like to be involved in the project as a connector? So the connector is the next level of the mate's training. It's four hours of ongoing training. Again, this is a world's best practice training. So what I mean by that, if you leave the construction industry, if you leave Perth, if you leave WA, this training comes with you. So it contains Safe Talk, which is suicide alertness for everyone. It's designed by a company called Living Works, 40 years of ongoing uh, research and practice in suicide prevention. So it is you know, the, the peak level of training and we get to offer that out for free. When people do that, it's very, very much volunteer-based because you can't force somebody to sit through four hours of suicide prevention training. But we teach people how to ask someone that question about suicide and if someone says yes how not to panic, so how to stay safe and how to keep that person safe and how to link that person on to the further supports that they need to ensure that they are supported. People on site, when they've done connected training, they'll have a green hard hat sticker. So general awareness training, you get a white hard hat sticker. Connected training, you get a green hard hat sticker and it's a peer support program. So mates can't be on site every single day, you know, patting people on the back, asking how they're travelling. We will be there all the time with that 24-hour number, which I'll touch base on in a second. But we want to train people on site to be able to support themselves. So if someone with a general awareness training has noticed, say, Leon having a hard time and they're not too sure what to do about it, they can look over and be like, oh, Monique's done connected training. You know, I, I can go have a conversation with Monique and say, I'm a little bit worried about Leon. I, I, like, I don't know how to push this conversation any further. That connector then has the skills to go over to that person, have a conversation Find out what's going on. Ask that question about suicide. Even if the answer is no, no, but I'm going through this, this, this and this, the connector still has the skills to listen and link them on a support. But if that person says, yeah, you know what, look, I have been thinking about suicide, that connector then has the skills to keep that person safe and link them on the further, link them on to further support. So it's all done from a site level. The final level of training that we offer is called ASSIST, which stands for Applied Suicide Intervention Skills Training. Two-day intensive course. Unfortunately, it's the only thing we have to charge for, but it's including GST's 330 bucks for two days, world's best practice training. So it is ridiculously cheap and you get the skills in that course. It's emotionally challenging and draining, but the outcome and the reward from what you get is incredible because you can do a full-blown suicide intervention. So if someone said, yes, I have a plan to take my life, you have the skills to keep that person safe for up to 72 hours and, again, link them onto that further support. That's the three levels of training that mates offer. It is a peer support program because we want to empower people in the industry to have the skills on site to be able to look after their workmates and the people around them. Coolest thing about that, all the training we do because we 
are funded to give it away for free in the construction, mining, energy industry. The coolest thing about it is it gets to go home with people as well. So hopefully it's uh, empowering and encouraging their family units, their family community, their sporting clubs, which is their sporting community, to look after each other as well. Because like I said, this is a world's best practice training. It's not just for the construction industry. It translates out into the world as well. Yeah, it does. Yeah, so hopefully people are supporting each other, not just in the industry, but wider as well. Yeah. And the 1300 number is 24-7. 365 seven days a week and it is a paid for service so paid for by mates in construction so regardless whenever you call that number there's always going to be a trained counselor on the other end of that line to either support you through whatever issue you have going on and then they can take your details and information and the next business day you'll get a phone call back from one of the mates in construction case managers and they will walk with you through that journey and support you in whatever way possible whatever you need um the one three hundred number though it doesn't and to Leon's point earlier, it doesn't just have to be about suicide. I was sitting down with a person recently and they were thinking about suicide and I said to them, I was like, why didn't you call that 1300 number? And the person said to me point blank, he goes, I wasn't thinking about killing myself yet. And mm-hmm. I was like, he smiled and I smiled. And I was like, you know, that's not what it's about, right? And he goes, yeah, I know. And I was like, come on, like, we, we, let's work together now. Um, managed to get that person's support. He's, he's good as gold now. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be about suicide. If you've sat through mates training or if you've never sat through mates training but you know mates exist and you're concerned about one of your mates at work or you're concerned with someone at home and you ring that number and say, hey, this is what they're doing. I don't know how to support the person. The person on the other end of that line will walk with you through that process and help you support that person and if the person agrees, get some ongoing support for them as well. So it's it's there for you and anybody that's listening right now, like I can't stress this enough. It's that one three hundred six four two triple one. Save it in your phone. Like it's your number. It belongs to you. Call it whenever you need it, whenever you want it. I can talk a little bit there, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Loves a yarn. You know, you know how you get deep in the conversation, you're like, oh shit, we're back to reality. What now. Next? <laughs> yeah. Leon, what do you find most rewarding about going on site and talking to people? Every now and again I'll just get a text from some random tradie just to say, Hey, really cool what you guys are doing. I'm so stoked that this is this exists and it's just a fantastic like thing. So it's it's been pretty amazing with that. And then those times where you roll out, like I've I've gone through this is probably one of the most rewarding things that that has happened was when I went out to site and I was talking about the signs of suicide to somebody and they said, Wow, like did someone send you here? Like like one of my mates called me out and that's why you're here. And I was like, no, 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 like I just rocked up. Like I don't, I don't know what I'm, I don't know, I didn't know you were going to be here. And, and they said, well, you're describing me. Like that's me right now. And you know, that person was having strong thoughts of suicide and went straight into case management. So I guess like that is so rewarding to, to realise like that support was there and, and it was taken up like, like that. There was no, there was no delay. There was no pushback. It was like, yeah, beautiful. Like this is cool that this exists. And then it makes you wonder like, the whole of the residential space, how many others would take that support yeah. if we had that full exposure, which, yeah. you know, which is growing as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely it's, – I think the construction industry is definitely overdue for amazing construction because, like, I know there's a lot of up north workers that have so much mental health support up there and I know a couple of friends that are working up on site – one of one of my girlfriends actually just got a job within the last like six months and she's 
just started with the company and she's like, I have literally been seeing a counsellor every single week since I got up here. And I'm just like, that's like crazy. And she's like, it's all paid for. It's all free. And she's like, I love it. She's like, I've never felt better in my life than living wow. up in the Pilbara. And I'm like, what the fuck? Opposite to a lot of stories. Yeah, cool. I know. And then like you come down here and you're like, like, where's the mental health support here? Unless you're paying top dollar for it because you're going to go see a therapist yourself yeah. referred by a doctor that's probably giving you a wrong diagnosis. And this, and this is the thing. And even with the up north stuff, so we've got mates in construction but also got mates in mining as well, which is just starting to go on some of the operational mines which is amazing because it's another level of support. And yep. circling back to what we said at the start, mates being a third party, it is incredibly positive when we go to regional sites as well, knowing that we're a third party because I, I, I could be wrong here, but your friend might be talking about an EAP, like an employee assistance program, which means an employer pays a lot of money to a third party to have, you know, counsellors, sometimes dietitians, sometimes nutritionists mm. on retention. Sometimes for those legal people. advice as well. Yeah, it can be a range of things depending on what they actually pay for and what the service is provided. Employee assistance programs used to have a bit of a bad rap that, oh, like, if you go see them, there's going to be a secret report that comes back to management saying Very true. you've been engaging with them. Like, I can tell you hand on heart, heart right now, it's like that's not how it works. Like, the only thing that they would get would be a blank invoice saying there's been three hours used, so no names, no stories attached to it. But when mates comes to site, even if they have all these supports in place, you know, all their own programs, the employee assistance programs, these are all incredible services, mates is never there to try and take this over. We are there to complement it. And it sounds a bit corny again, but it's like we're another tool in the tool belt that that third party can come in. If someone had a bit of a mistrust with an internal service, an internal program, mates can come in there and, again, they just have to tick that box and say, yeah, I could do with a little bit of yeah assistance here a little bit of help here so yeah again it's, it's raising awareness but it's cool to hear stories like that about your friend who are engaging with these services and are mm. using the tools at their disposal to be like you know what i am going to see a counselor every week i'm going to get yeah. this is free this is amazing yeah. like, let, let's do this and Sorry, i think more people and more people hopefully that are listening are a little bit encouraged to be like you know what like if there is something free for me to use or something low cost mm. like use it and and yeah again i encourage people like not to wait till it gets to that point of crisis like don't be so reactive Put some things in place beforehand. Like I see the mates EAP. I've seen them. Oh, I had an appointment with them yesterday. Very open about it. And it's literally just a touch base. Like I just want to check in and just make sure I'm travelling okay. Yeah. Like I just want to do it. And it's free and I like free stuff. So you walk into a lot of say commercial construction sites and I'm assuming some residential ones that might be big enough to have a crib room. And sometimes there will be posters everywhere. And sometimes they will be offering support. But yeah. you walk in and it's like, you're not focused on posters. Like you want to eat your lunch and get back yeah. to work. You want to finish the day. And I've asked that many people during so training sessions where there might be 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 people in the room, like, do you know if there's any support up here for you? And, or do you know if there's an EAP? And there's like a lot of blank faces staring back at me and I have a bit of a giggle. I'm like, oh, like, look at the wall. And there's like 10 posters with, if you need support, call this number. Oh my God. Free, confidential. <laughs> Because it gets lost in the mix of things. It and does. sometimes we don't realise, like, oh, shit, like, there is some supports out there. It's having mates there with two people standing in front of you saying, this is what it is and this is what we offer and this is where you can access this support. There's a lot of power in that as well. So last year we trained just under 8,000 people and over 1,200 people ticked yes for a callback for ongoing support or information. Yeah. Ridiculous. 1,200 people. You know what I mean? That may never have got that support or may not have realised there was organisations or services out there that were there to support them. So, yeah, it's there's amazing things in place, but it's the awareness of these things as well that people need to understand and have a little bit of trust in them. It's, yes, there is things out there that I can use. Mm, yeah, there is. Mm. 
All right, so I guess before we start wrapping things up today, do you guys have anything else that you want to add? Like, I mean, again, if, if anyone's listening and needs any of that support, like you have that one three hundred six four two triple one number. Yeah. And if anybody wants, you know, your mates on site, you want to get involved in the training, like do it, give us a call, you know, yep. get, get in touch and we can organise that. But again, it's, I suppose it's a pretty important thing to note that we're never just out here saying, well, you have to do the training. You don't have to have done that for us to support you. We're going to be in your corner regardless. And I think it's important to note as well that, because Leon and I work for Mates in Construction, we're never saying that you have to use Mates in Construction. Like if there's people listening right now that are doing it tough, use a GP, use a family member, a friend, a workmate, whoever it is or whatever it is that's going to help you get past that little speed bump in life or someone's going to listen to you and be able to offer you that support if you need it. But I'd hate to think, and I say this in a lot of the training sessions that I do, I'd hate to think that there was someone sitting out there right now listening thinking no one gives a shit. Yep. There's no one else that cares or there's no one that will be there to support me because one phone call away, like one yep. phone call and there will be someone there to listen to you, non-judgmental and to support you as well. So I suppose a bit of a, a yeah, last thing for me would just be to, yeah, if like if you need something. Yeah. Like, and even it, if it's the most it. randomest thing, nothing to do with work or anything, like it'd be the most randomest thing that you don't even think is the trigger for you. Yes. Just call up anyway and be like, hey, yeah. like, I'm having problems with opening the fridge. We can joke to take the piss, but yes, like that that's yeah. the whole point behind like yeah. no, normalize these kind of conversations. Like mm. norm, normalize being like, oh fuck, like, I can't put my finger on why I feel like shit. Normalize yeah. like, well, I'm gonna ring someone, have a bit of a conversation, try figure out why. Yeah. And then they can mm. always point you in the direction and 100%. like figure can... out like like an onion, you unpeel mm. back the layers. So. A, and it can be just as simple as a, a bit of a perspective shift. Yeah. Look, because you, like I said, if you're just having that conversation with yourself, you might not never, you might not never, fucking terrible English. <laughs> you, you might never see a different perspective. So you're always going to be chasing your tail and going down that rabbit hole yeah. of possible negativity yeah. where you speak to someone and they can be like, oh, have you thought about this? And you're like, holy shit, I haven't. Like maybe that's something I can go down. Maybe that's something I can focus mm. on. So it could just be a small shift or it could be something massive and profound. But yeah, I just I always encourage people to, to reach out and, and give it a go. And if it isn't the experience you expected or that you wanted, try again with someone else or a different yeah. service or a different thing because I think as humans we're, we're all pretty good at trying something once and if it's not the result we expected, we're like, well, I'm never trying that again. Yeah. That didn't work for me. That's shit. Like all services are shit and that's not how it is. There's good mm. ones, there's bad ones. There's same one as tradies. It's, yeah, it's the same there's as tradies. Ones and it, it, it is, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You, you get yeah. Some of you are absolute weapons and guns at what they do and you get some who is like, hey, mate, how did you get signed off? Yeah. Like, mm. What are you even doing in here? It's the same with services. So, yeah, g- give it a, a, a couple of guys. Yeah. yeah. I guess like that as well when you – if you're – let's just say you're a bricklayer. If you're not happy with the team you're in, you're going to go try a few different teams until mm. you're happy. So it's the same yeah. in this scenario. Yes, you're exactly. gonna mm. If you're not happy with one person, then mm. try a few different yeah. options. And you know what? It's, it's hard. I get it. Like if you're struggling, you're struggling to put one foot in front of the other, it's hard to say – Give, yeah. it, give it another go. Especially but, when you don't know half the time what the problem is. Yes, exactly. Mm. And this is what we're saying. It's like other people out there, because I'm very much just then just talking to people who may be struggling, but for the people around those people, if you think someone in your family or work group or friendship group is struggling, reach out to that person and mm. let them know they don't have to do it by themselves. Like you don't have to be a psychologist or a counsellor or a therapist to offer them some support, but you can listen to that person and then say, holy shit, like you do have a fair bit on. We can get some support together. Because that might be what that person needs as well. Yeah. 
Well, that peer support is the, I reckon, the future of how mental health support will exist. So even if you had like four, six weeks gap in between your mental health appointments, if you have like solid crew at work or a solid friendship yeah. group that'll like just have those chats with you that are pretty full on, like that, that's what gets you through. Not like that professional stuff is important, but what do you get doing in that meantime? And that, that's where this comes in. Like I know there's been, you know, like people that have taken their own lives down south and I've seen write-ups in the paper saying, you know, the government let us down or the system has let us down. And like I agree that the, you know, there's lots of holes in the system. It's not perfect, but there's still a lot more that individuals can do yeah. to, to support each other. Yep. And, and I, I, I don't think people give, it, give themselves enough credit for what they can do, like, you know, listening to a friend talk for like an hour. It's mm. massive. You know what I mean? Like it is yeah. massive what that can do. So, yeah, people need to probably understand that they're probably more qualified than they, than they give themselves credit for. And that's where we come in with that training. So something I wanted to add as well is what we do uh, in the residential stuff is a little bit for the smaller teams. So if you're thinking that you're part of this and, you know, maybe you've only got a two or a three-man team, you can still get us out to run you through some skills and some signs. So that's where the residential program is is catered for those smaller companies because of what does exist. And we haven't mentioned much about funding, but the residential program itself is funded by CTF. So the construction training fund pay for my role, a lot of the commercial stuff, but then we're also funded by Department of Mines as well. So heaps of good support there from those industry bodies. I thought we'd better mention that as yeah. well. Yeah, no, awesome. <laughs> All right, so before we do wrap things up, I just wanted to ask you guys, I'm just going to ask you two of these rapid-fire questions that I ask everyone. So I guess I'll start with Leon and then Josh. So what is something that you implement into your daily routine to always be consistent? Physical exercise. Yep. Yep, grounds me. Yeah, do you know, I find these questions like really challenging and it's, it's, one, <laughs> yeah. of those, it's one of those things. It's like I work in the mental health space and it's uh, – I probably struggle with consistency, to be honest with you. Yep. And then I, I wouldn't say there's something that I do daily to help me stay consistent. I do a lot of self-care. Like I like going riding on like my push bike and do different bits and pieces. But, yeah, I don't think there's – and hopefully this resonates with someone, but I don't think at the moment there is something I do daily to remain consistent. And, again, getting posed a question like that is good because it gives me a bit of a reminder. It's like, hey. Sort it out, mate. Yeah, like. Do you no, know but what? it's like, not even that. It's just, <laughs> no, no. it's also like awareness that like not every day has to be the exact same. Yeah. I mean, obviously you want to have mm. some consistency, but. I always, yeah, I suppose it's something I always do is I do at least take a few minutes every day just to reflect on my day, just to make sure that when I'm at home, if something's bugging me, I always communicate it with my partner. I'm like, look. I'm not in a I'm not in a good mood, or this has happened, and maybe if I if I can't put my finger on it, just to remain consistent with my communication. Yeah, yeah we got there eventually. Yeah, no, that, that's yeah. that's great. <laughs> that's really powerful. I love that one. Um, and what is your proudest accomplishment so far? Learning public speaking. Yes, so I really want to learn that. Massive, and Josh, he knows because he was there when I first started. <laughs> I was shit. <laughs> And it was hectic and it took uh, a lot of feeling insanely nervous before I actually got to that point. And now, like, I love it and it's, yeah, it's so enjoyable and it gives me, it's opened up other things as well. Like, I'm into martial arts and so now I feel more comfortable when I'm taking on, like, you know, maybe a bit of a teaching role at martial arts if I start, you know, stepping up into that. So, like, before I wouldn't even consider that but now, like, that's something I want to, chase mm. so yeah for me that's unlocked a lot of other things as well 
What was the question? Um, <laughs> what is your proudest accomplishment so far? Yeah, do you know what? Like, again, I sound like such a fan city here, but all of it, I love it. Like every, every yeah. little bit I've done and learning public speaking, it was massive for me. We probably don't have time to go into it, but I started with mates. I had two huge panic attacks. So really? it, yeah, it, when I say that, it was a challenge. Like yeah, that, it was a challenge. So that is a hugely proud thing for me to I, – I still suffer that anxiety mm. every single day. Like, mm-hmm. But I – have skills to manage it and every single session I do and I bring it up in a lot of the sessions that I like I I get chronic anxiety this scares the absolute shit out of me and to get up there and still do it is a real proud thing for me but it's it's everything everything again this sounds super corny but just working with mates in general because it just makes me proud to say well this is who I work for because he's also now a boss which is pretty cool (laughs) It's, He's the senior it, field officer. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. No, just it sounds, uh, again, this just sounds so cheesy and like any of the mates guys that listen to this will probably have a bit of a giggle at my expense. But it's like every single person I work with, it's like I'm so proud to work with them because they're everyone, not just the field team, like everyone from like Roseanne, the office manager, like to, to Sarah, one of the other girls in the office, like they all do such amazing things and everyone just really cares about what mates he's trying to achieve that's no that's honestly so inspiring to hear as well because you do you want to be working in such you want to be working in a good environment you don't want to be going Mm. up to work in a negative environment as well and if you're enjoying what you do that's yeah it's just it's such a weird feeling working for mates because i come from that background of like you work six days a week and so Mm. you don't get to knock off early and it's like you you do this you do this and this is what you do we need you here to work in an environment where people are checking in on you like how are you traveling they're not asking you because they feel like they have to. They're asking you because they genuinely care. It's a yeah. genuinely and decent team. Yeah. The, the, most, the most trouble I get in is because you're not taking RDOs. You know, you've got too, too many hours here. Or you, you need to do this. It's like yeah. that's weird and refreshing. And yeah. that's how it, but that's how it should be because I, I know that people at work care not only about myself and, and everyone in the office but like because we all back each other in, that spreads out to – everyone in our lives in our personal lives and our work lives as well so yeah proud to be a part of 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 that team that culture that environment because yeah lets me know that it is possible for other organizations and services and individuals to experience that too yeah all right well thank you guys so much for joining me in today's episode i'm really hoping this brings so much more awareness to everyone out there that does listen to this podcast about mason construction thank you thank you for having us thank you for taking the time out of your day as well so if anyone that is listening, uh, if you like this episode, we can share it on your Instagram stories and tag me in at Let's Talk Tradies. I will also be popping you guys' um, numbers and everything in the show notes. Amazing. Cool. Thank you. All right. Thank Book you. Book the training. So that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Let's Talk Tradies. If you like this episode or think you might know someone who might like this episode, please like it and share it on your Instagram stories and tag me in it at Let's Talk Tradies. 